Hello, and welcome to episode 70 of the Star Bros Podcast. 70. It's getting up there. It is. We're getting old, man. We're yeah. aging with this thing. We are. It's aging us a little bit, but we're still having a good time. <laughs> we are. Yeah. It's always good to come back and talk Star Wars with you, buddy. It is. It is. And I'm joined by my bro host, Ben Skywalker. And that over there on my right side. Oh, I, <laughs> I can't do that. It, it's opposite. Okay. For, on my for, left side. <laughs> yes. Is who? Is Jan Solo. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and, and that only works if you're watching it on the Broaxium YouTube channel. Um, for those of you who are listening to the podcast, um, we will do our best to explain all of our visual jokes. As yeah. Well. But, and apparently, as I just learned, if I tilt my head to the left or the, no, to the right, then yeah. my head actually goes left. So that's all you missed there. Yep. That's, Tune into that's the Braxing channel if you want to see more. Yeah. <laughs> what a plug. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, and, and speaking of, oh, my goodness. I don't even know where to start episode 70 because we're recording uh, just after the second day of Star Wars Celebration. And we are part of the hashtag CouchCon crew because we're not in London, as you can probably tell. Um, Ben's visa was denied because of some legal trouble that he's having. Oh, man. Why did you have to tell everybody? (laughs) We're just kidding. Just stole a baguette. Nothing more. Come on, people. Um, Baguette. Um, we're going to be talking about a lot of French on this yeah. podcast today. Just, just to be warned. I, I'm just kidding. I, I actually, I just got a fax from one of Ben's lawyers, and so we're going to edit that out. But in all seriousness, <laughs> we are not in London, but we have been following along closely. Um, Wait, which before, lawyer? Um, I don't, I don't know. One of the, one of the ones that Bombardier. Um, um one of the ones who seems very aggressive and so i'm gonna back off but before we get into that how are you doing as you take a sip of your bubble of my bubble i'm doing well i've been uh enjoying couch con Uh, what is that what what was the hashtag couch con right couch con yeah Yeah. for for all of us watching um star wars celebration from home it might be your couch it might be your hot tub it might be wherever you are yeah just don't do it while you're driving that's crazy. No, yeah. No, please don't. Um, but I've been enjoying it. There's been a lot to digest. There's been a lot of news and a lot of uh, fun things to get excited about over the next year plus. Mm-hmm. We got some announcements that I think carry all the way out to 2027 in this case, right? With, yeah. with some of the movies that they announced, maybe even further. So, um, yeah, lots to lots to talk about. And we'll get to that in just a second. But how are you doing, man? Oh, wait, wait. Can I say one more thing about how I'm doing? Sure. I want to do a shameless, not shameless, no, because I didn't do anything with this. I want to plug Dungeons and Dragons because I watched that movie on Thursday. Oh. And I was surprised by how good it was. Dude, I heard it was good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I, I had no intentions of seeing it. I mm-hmm. had no uh, no no real skin in the game, but I had a, a buddy from my church call mm-hmm. and say, or you know, text and say, hey, do you want to go? And I looked, and I'm like, yeah, I, I can make that, sure. So um so i went no expectations and Mm -hmm. i was thoroughly uh enjoying myself watching that that. it was just funny and charming and witty and and really worked for me so anyway i'm gonna plug a non-star wars franchise for wow wow but hey that's in our wheelhouse like we're we're pretty nerdy and um but you, you know what else is really cool about that it makes me feel like movies are back like we we had a stretch there where there just wasn't new stuff coming out or 
it was very limited. And the fact that you get to go to the theater and be pleasantly surprised by something you were not planning to see suggests to me that like, hey, Hollywood's back. They're cranking out cool movies. And it's just a nice feeling after the zombie apocalypse of the coronavirus. It's funny you say that because at the beginning of the movie, for me at least, and I don't know if this is different depending on the theater you go and see it, you mm-hmm. see it with, um, but it was in AMC. And I, I think AMC had something about like, welcome back to the movies and thank you for being oh. here. Like very, very much trying to pump up, like come to the movie theater. Like this is yeah. where part of it was like their hundredth anniversary or something. And so there, it, it was attached to, um, you know, oh, that wow. whole, uh, event that they're trying to celebrate but yep. uh but at the same time um they had a uh introduction to the movie by the cast chris pine and and really? uh Grant, all of them and michelle rodriguez were uh did, did this whole thing at the beginning where they're like hey thank you for being and it was a little overt like no you should watch it where we intend you to watch it in the theater mm. very much like pushing come back to the theater so which is interesting because we're all like, yeah, we're already here. You don't need to tell us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but maybe I've never seen anything it. like that. It was different, very mm-hmm. different. And by the way, there were only like, like this is the second week it's out. There are only like three other groups in the theater, so it was all to ourselves. Wow. Okay. Well, so, that that doesn't sound great, but um, so I, I think they've got some work to do to get people back. Is what I'm saying. I think you're absolutely right, and I, I think um, even, and I think during the pandemic, like piracy went up and all that stuff. So people are finding ways to watch movies yeah. that aren't the intended way. But dude, I I I agree. I think there's um, just something special about being in the theater, about yeah. the the big screen, the big sound system, um, going with friends, all that stuff. So I'm glad that you enjoyed that, and I'm glad yeah. that and and maybe this is a good segue, Star Wars is coming back to the theater it is coming back so why don't we just get to all the news from uh the past couple days well some more beyond that but like just the last two days we got enough we'll we'll do our best and and just to be clear this is not a full rundown of everything that you might have missed uh when you stepped away from the couch for a few minutes there there's plenty of good resources out there to get every little detail we're going to hit as much as we can we're going to talk about the ones that we're most excited about um but we're probably going to miss a thing or two. And our, our goal is not to be complete. It is to be high quality. Yeah, exactly. But with that, let's just give it yes. our best shot yes. and get to the first segment. News okay. from across the galaxy. Whoop. <laughs> oh, mean business today. Um, so I'm just going to run through a list okay. of all the things that I heard. Okay. And then do you want to just fill in any blinks? Anything sure. that I miss? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Can I can I stop you and react to stuff? Let's just save all the reactions for the end. Okay. Now I'm gonna go make a sandwich. Go ahead. Okay. okay. Yeah, that might be a good idea actually, because there's a lot. Um, okay. Ah- Ahsoka was the biggest thing. We got an Ahsoka teaser trailer. Let me stop um, you right there. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> we have finally confirmed that Mary Elizabeth Winstead, the uh, I think girlfriend fiance wife i can't remember to ewan mcgregor though the one that plays no um, kidding you know our beloved obi-wan mm-hmm. um she is going to be hera which is awesome we got the ghost we got chopper we got our first look at sabine 
we got the back of the head of Thrawn, which is really exciting. And then mm-hmm. the next day, we got actual confirmation that Lars Mikkelsen will be returning, who, mm-hmm. played, who did the voice of Thrawn. He will be actually acting in live action now as mm-hmm. Thrawn. Everyone is very excited about. Um, Kevin, I think, is it Kiner or is it Keen- Kinnear? I think um, it's Kiner. I can't remember. He's going to do the score. And the directors are Dave Filoni, uh, Steph Green, Peter Ramsey, Jennifer Getzinger, um, Gita, uh, Gita Patel, and Rick Famiwa. Um, I always have to say his name twice because I think I get it wrong. That was a right. lot just right there with Ahsoka. Yeah. yeah. We're not even scratching the surface. Dave Filoni announced season two, Tales of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. We're getting it again. We had a lot on the Acolyte. We got confirmation Vernestra Rowe was, uh, is going to be in it, um, played by Rebecca Henderson. Um, what else? I haven't even gotten to the movies yet. Uh, the High Republic, we're getting phase three. Mm. Okay. And it, the, I think the whole phase is called Trials of the Jedi, and it starts in fall of 2023. And the three adult books in that series are Eye of Darkness. That's going to be written by George Mann and come out in November 23. Temptation of the Force by Tessa Gratton uh, in the summer of 24. And then finishing it off with Trials of the Jedi by Charles Soule oh. in spring of 25. Oh. So if you like Man. the High Republic, buckle up. We're going to get a lot more of it. Oh, my goodness. I can't keep up, dude. I, I know. <laughs> falling behind um and then all of that I, I think there was more skeleton crew had some we got the directors for that um and there are some big names with that john watts was one who's attached to spider-man lee isaac chung who did an episode of mandalorian Grace cool. dallas howard uh, yep daniels uh it's a pair of uh directors that did the everything everywhere all at once which i still haven't seen but it won an oscar uh best picture i think right mm-hmm. um david lowry uh jay uh, Jake Shire were the other ones. Um, so we got the directors and a little bit of tidbits on them. And then the movies. Do you want mm. to say what the movies are about? I'm yeah. Tired. And and um, yeah, catch your breath there. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so one of the things that um, was interesting about the announcement of the movies was the fact that Celebration is in London. They're five hours ahead, I think. Mm-hmm. So think of all the people. Like if you're in the West on the West Coast in the U.S., you woke up to the news that there are three new star Wars movies coming out uh, un- unless maybe you're one of those people who set your alarm clock and got up at like three o'clock in the morning because they basically opened celebration by announcing these movies. Yeah. Yeah. True. We we don't have titles. We don't have a ton of information, but we sort of know where they land on the timeline. Right. I'll start with the, the one that feels most certain and feels like it's probably going to come out first. And that is a movie that brings back Ray brings back Daisy Ridley, who they paraded out on stage, which you and I were talking about, like that makes it feel pretty real mm-hmm. that they've, they've got her, they've got her commitment that takes place 15 years after the sequel trilogy. And it feels like uh, it's going to be sort of a rebuilding phase for the Jedi where perhaps Ray is going to take the training that she's had and the experiences that she's had. And she's going to rebuild some version of the Jedi, I, I guess using, um, the, the texts that she got from, from Luke and, and all that stuff. So that, that feels like it's probably the nearest one to us actually like packing up and driving over and sitting in the movie theater and watching a star Wars movie. I think it's going to be 
the Ray rebuilds the Jedi movie. I like how um, you said packing up, like you have to bring a bunch of stuff with you. <laughs> I, oh, I sneak in some goobers. Oh, no, I, I don't. Well, they sell them outside the theaters. They don't. <laughs> That's the only place in the world you can get them. <laughs> you have to get them on the black market is what you're telling me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. The the next one that a lot of people are excited about is Dave Filoni is getting his own Star Wars movie. Yes, he is. Um, Dave Filoni, one of the, the the few proud Pennsylvanians who lives in the Star Wars universe. Um, Dave Filoni is getting a, a, a movie that is going to take place between episodes six and seven. The New Republic era. New right. Republic area. Area? Era. Yeah, I didn't know what you meant. Yeah. Um, and then and then we're going to go way back in time. So they, they showed this really interesting visual where it was like the timeline of the the big kind of eras within the Star Wars universe. And so you have like, you know, the High Republic is now on there and so on. Um, more recently, we got the movies of the, like the First Order era. And now they're they're adding movies that are on both ends. So the Ray story is going to take place 15 years after the sequel trilogy. So that's on, on, on the far end. And then they're going to have a movie that comes out that's all the way on the other end, which takes place 25,000 years before the Star Wars that we know. So this is this is basically the old Republic that, yep. that, that the people... dawn. No, it's the dawn of the Jedi. I think it's even before the old Republic. You're right. You're, you're right. So I think the next spot in the timeline is the old Republic. So the, this is the, the the dawn of the Jedi. And they use these little icons to visually describe each era. era. And this one was the same. I, did you catch this, by the way? What's the that? icon was the same imagery. Yes. That is on the ground in um in the temple on octo on on octo yep octo 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 so it's it's sort of like the the balanced you know dark side light side um figure of a person sitting uh so that that this is going to go way back to the very 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 beginning um james mangold is going to direct mm -hmm. that one and uh, here here's a fun trivia question for you what I guess honor or distinguishing kind of resume builder will James Mangold have after he directs this movie? Uh, he's gonna he's gonna join a very elite and small club. Uh, having directed uh, both an Indiana Jones and a Star Wars. That's right. Yeah, because he's got the next one coming out, the Dial of Destiny, right? Yes. So yeah. he's going to join the Steven Spielberg, George Lucas club as being one of the only people in the world to have directed something from both franchises. I, okay. I mean, I'm not going to, I don't want to burst any bubbles, but I have to what? do it. Once it comes out, then, then we'll be able to count him in that right. club. <laughs> right. We've had a lot of announcements and haven't, that haven't happened. So yeah, let's just make sure they happen first. Yeah. T totally fair. Um, which, by <laughs> the way, I, I, downer. I felt I felt a little bit bad for the Indiana Jones folks because they they were trying to hype that up at Celebration, uh -huh. and people were like, "Cool, Star Wars, get Star back Wars. to Star Wars." Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, people sort of politely listened to it, but they were like, "Yeah, that's fine," but like, you know, give us more Star Wars. Like people, people yeah. are sort of gluttonous at Celebration. It's yeah. like an all-you-can-eat buffet of Star Wars, and they're just like, I'm not full yet. I'm going back for the fourth plate. <laughs> I mean, it is – look, it, it is the more successful of the Lucasfilm, uh, you know, franchises. Yeah. 
I was trying to think of the right word because but like Lucasfilm was I mean, on its own franchise by itself. <laughs> you're kind of splitting hairs though, because I feel like Indiana Jones is kind of it's iconic. Like people oh, do yeah. love that. It, yes. it just so happens that the guy who made that also made Star Wars. And when you sort of hold them up next to each other, it's like, okay, yeah, Star Wars is bigger. But like Indiana Jones is still pretty huge. It's still pretty big all by itself. Exactly. Yeah. It's not to downplay it at all. But um, hey. One other thing I wanted to mention real quick about one of those movies and going back to the Daisy Ridley for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that'll be interesting about that one is it's going to be, and I hope I get her name right, um, it's going to be directed by Charmaine Obeyed Chinoy. Yes. Uh, who I think just recently directed some Miss Marvel episodes from oh, um, cool. the Marvel franchise. Um, and so, yeah, it is the first uh, woman and person of color that will be directing a Star Wars movie, which is That's also cool. exciting all by itself. Yeah. For so sure. there's a there's a lot to be excited about just by looking at. Uh, yeah, ju- just by looking at everything that they announced that we're going to get three new movies. Mm-hmm. But what what stands out to you? What what was the most exciting to see or hear about from the past few days? You, you mean in general? In of, general, yeah. Like, I mean, we've got news? Ahsoka. We, we've got Skeleton oh, Crew. We've got a ton of Acolyte uh, coverage. Um, there was just a ton. The movies. What 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 really got you excited the most? Um, maybe one very near-term thing. And and I, I'm, I'm most excited for the new content, but um, we, we sort of skipped over this one. Return of the Jedi is coming back to movie theaters on April yeah. 28th to celebrate the 40th anniversary. And I can't wait to see it in the movie theater. Um, and then we're going to be doing a Return of the Jedi episode in just uh, in a couple episodes from now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to celebrate so, that 40th year anniversary. Yeah. And 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 we got to go see it. We got to go have that experience and, and get some popcorn and watch that on the big screen because I've never seen it on the big screen. Yeah, same. Um, so that that'll be super cool. I, I, I'm most excited. Generally, I'm most excited for movies. And I think it's going to do what you always want, which is Star Wars in December. It's after Christmas. Yeah. Star Wars in December. Um, by the way, somebody somebody I sent this to you and our bro host, Chris Ryan's. Somebody posted a picture of they went on Disney Plus and they pulled up the Ahsoka trailer <laughs> and it said it said coming December 29th. The year 3000. <laughs> so hang on to your hats, everybody. It's going to be a, a bumpy ride between now and then. I think I'm uh, most excited for, um, in concept, I'm most excited for the James Mangold movie. Okay. I, I, I think it's such a cool era to go back and create and explore and see the origin of all of the stuff that's foundational to the story that we know and love now. I think that will, that'll be super cool. Um, so I think that's the movie I'm most excited for. The TV show I'm most excited for is definitely Ahsoka, although everything else sounds great. And by the way, we were talking about how we got little tidbits from the conversations between Kathleen Kennedy and some other people who are yeah. quote unquote insiders. And, and another thing that she mentioned was they're talking to Donald Glover. The Lando series is still on the table and he is obviously the guy to play Lando should yeah. that, should that uh, actually transpire. So that could be really cool too. But, um, and, and there's other stuff I'm hearing about the shows like skeleton crew thought it yeah. was a kid's show. Kathleen Kennedy said, well, it's got kids in it. Not necessarily. No, a I think show, she though. compared it more to the Goonies. Yeah. Which if so, that's the case, like that, that's not one that's made just 
for kid audiences. No. It's definitely made for more mature kid audiences. Yeah. So some interesting like plot twists and details in there. But uh, I think I'm most excited for the movies. If the Ray one is the first one, which I, I suspect it will be based on just a couple of context clues like Perry yeah. and da- Daisy Ridley out there. I'm all for it. But is that um, the one too that the the Peaky Blinders writer, I'm forgetting his name now, was attached to? Like he's still oh, maybe. confirmed as attached to one of them. And I thought it was that one. You um, might be right. So it, it sounds like it's the furthest along in pre production too. So yeah. it has a name attached to it, not just a director, but an act, uh, you know, the, the title actor uh, mm-hmm. is attached to it as well um, in Daisy Ridley. And uh, yeah, like they make it a little bit more real with things like that. The other things that help make the other two real, I think one, Dave Filoni. Yeah. He, the guy already works there. Yeah. He, he's already part of Lucasfilm. That movie's going to happen. It, it's, and, it, all the right ingredients to make it happen are there. Yeah. And and I think um, I, I always sort of view Dave Filoni as being George Lucas's heir apparent. Like it just seems like they're on the same wavelength. So it'd be really interesting to yeah. see what he will do. When you give them two plus hours of big screen time to create, um, excited for that. Could be super cool. And they've built this as like the, not the wrapping up, but like bringing all the characters in the Mandoverse. Yeah. Which is, I think, the term that they've been using. So that would be Boba Fett, the Book of Boba Fett, mm-hmm. oh, Ahsoka, um, you know, the Mandalorian. Obviously. The Mandalorian series. Yeah. Bringing all of that into a live action movie. Yeah. Um, and they talked about how like they've been preparing Dave for this. Like they've been giving him more and more experiences with uh live action, and he's got his own series that he's been producing lately, Ahsoka, uh, that's about to make it uh m- you know make its way into uh 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 Disney Plus into our homes. Yep. So yeah, there's year 3000. a three thousand in the year three thousand. Yeah, we got a little bit to wait. Um but but yeah, like it, it, this seems like just the culmination of all the experiences they've been giving him to train yeah. him up for this moment. So that's that's really exciting and ex- more for for Dave to add that to his resume. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the, and the the training thing is really interesting. Like, remember he he was on set at uh, yeah. the Last Jedi, yeah, and uh, was kind of getting to see how a feature film is made on location somewhere out in the world and and all that good stuff. And so. He's been, I think, very deliberately brought up to be ready for an opportunity like this. Yeah, totally. Super cool. What What are you most excited for? Um, I mean, I I, I really liked all the Ahsoka stuff that we got, and I was mm-hmm. really excited by the fact that we had uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead confirmed as Hera. That mm-hmm. to me is a as just a smart casting. Um, yeah. And there were rumors about it for a few months, and with all rumors, I just shove them to the side until they're confirmed, and so. Uh, it was just exciting to see her with his chopper who looks great in live chopper action, looks great his, his normal uh f- fish shaking antics um Dro- droids are so much easier to bring into live action yeah than people people the fans have strong opinions about oh that person doesn't look like whoever um like uh, uh the the guy playing thrawn lars Mikkelsen. yeah, yeah. there well, were a lot of well, he did the voice, and so it's like you know he he um, he's the guy. But a lot of people had different opinions about. I want Benedict Cumberbatch. That was one of the ones that I would have really liked, and so on. I would, uh, yeah. But like he he specifically said, I'm not interested. So fair enough. Um, but the the droids are pretty easy to bring into the the real world. Yeah. I, well, I was gonna, but say but he did next... look great. I'm not trying to downplay it. No, no, no. Yeah, that's, no, that's a very good point because. 
they can they can usually design that a little bit easier, right? Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, you talked uh, about Lars Mikkelsen, like his his voice acting is fantastic for mm-hmm. Thrawn, uh, and he's so good. And I've I've talked about this before, but in Sherlock, he is so good. Uh, I got to go back and watch that as the uh, as the bad guy in that his episode. He just you just hate him. And, and, and he's a great live actor, um, live action actor. Uh, so the fact that they're bringing him into this to me, um, it was just a no brainer. Mm. And, and I did, I, I think there was somebody who did this online. Um, when they showed the back of his head, I, wa- I looked at, it, I was like, those look like his ears. That looks like him because they yeah. have shots in Sherlock of the back of his head. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I've seen the back of that head before. Yeah. <laughs> so and, and I did the he- same thing. There, there are people who took pictures of the back of Lars Mikkelsen's head and overlaid them on the back of Thrawn's head. But yes, he's got, did. he's got distinctive ears. They stick out a little bit, and that, that's yes. why I thought, oh my gosh, it's Martin Short. But, <laughs> but that's the other thing. I know you, you were really excited about that one, and I was bursting your bubble. I was like, I'm not as excited. I want him to be Lars Mikkelsen. But I know. I'll but let you have your moment. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it very uh, much. I did pop it a little, and I'm sorry for that. That's okay. I was having a good laugh. Um, but no, I, Lars Mikkelsen is also a really tall actor. Uh-huh. And so Martin I mean, Short's like 5'1. <laughs> he lives up to his name. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm not as funny as Martin Short, but I'm trying. He's a funny guy. He's one of my favorites. Um, but he's just got that presence, and Thrawn has that kind of presence. So I just yeah. feel like he he matches everything that you you expect out of him. So cool. Anyway, all, that's I, I, all the Ahsoka stuff, and then I think the Acolyte, all the content. They didn't really give us any content, but all the yeah. coverage they gave it. I was going to say, yeah. really excited for that series too. Yeah. Um, well, we we got we got little snippets, we got little details. Like we know that we're going to get a. Um, so for anybody uninitiated at this point, th- this one goes back to the High Republic era, which yep. we are now kind of High Republic rich with comic books and books, and the books have been turned into sort of audio dramas. And um, now now we're going to get into this TV show, and we know that there's going to be a Wookiee Jedi. Mm-hmm. On the Acolyte. A Wookiee Jedi. A Wookiee Jedi. Say that again. A they made Wookie they were they were just saying Jedi. it over and over in the um the celebration live uh, yeah, stream. If you saw that, we're excited about it. Um, yeah, and and he's played by Jun- Junus, or is it Jonas? Jonas? Jonas. Jonas. I should of all the it's all Swedish. People, I should get that right. <laughs> of all people, <laughs> seriously, Jonas Suatomo Suomoto. I think so. Suatomo. Yeah, I I think yeah. Um, who uh, played Chewbacca in Rogue One um, and played college basketball at Penn State. Yes, he did. <laughs> He's another Pennsylvania connection. <laughs> yeah. What, what did I say? I forgot to say solo. Um, that's the important one. Oh, my gosh. But um, so he, he's reprising his role as a Wookiee. This time he gets a lightsaber. Probably couldn't be any happier. Um, oh, yeah. So Who we're doesn't little... say no to taking a lightsaber? Yeah. And you know what I was thinking about? Like, um, you hear the stories about Samuel L. Jackson. And when he got to set, I, I guess the prop folks came over to him and they're like, you pick. Which which lightsaber feels most like this character's lightsaber? I wonder if I if, love that. if if he gets that moment too. 
like if, if all the new Jedi get that, can you imagine that moment when they open up the box and that'd be cool. I mean, I would love George Lucas just to kind of come over and hand me a lightsaber. Doesn't I'll just say whatever you have in there, I'll take it. Thanks George Lucas for taking the time out of your day to do that. You know, like that's special <laughs> right there. <laughs> like, Oh my gosh. You got into the just... whole thing there. You pictured the whole uh, fantasy moment. I did. You're so polite to him too. I did. Thank you, George. Um, I I mean that right there was one exciting aspect of it, but just seeing all the actors come together and talk about it, and hearing what Leslie Headland was saying too, who's going to be the showrunner for it, and uh-huh. what she's been putting together. I think they talked about how it's it's the acolyte, so it's going to be from the perspectives of the baddies of uh, uh, the baddies, the baddies. Uh, I know I'm getting really technical in my terms now. Mm-hmm. Um, antagonist, uh, <laughs> but. But yeah, like it just sounds different. It sounds yeah. like she's poured her heart and soul into this, and awesome. all the the actors have Manny Jacinto, my little friend, right here from a TV series I talk about all the time, The Good Place. Oh, he was guy. there, and he looked great. And they were saying "Oh, dip" and reminding him of his his roots. So I enjoyed it quite a bit. Bortles, <laughs> he's wearing that jersey and that. I love box. it. I love it. For those listening at home, I just showed a Funko Pop of Jason Mendoza from The Good Place. There yep. you go. Love it. Which is another terrific series. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it. You should watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So anyway, I I mean, there's so much to be excited about here. Tons announced. Let us know, you know, listeners, what you liked, what you're excited about. Please. Uh, we'll be covering it all as it starts to come out. Um, but. What any other news that happened that we should, you know, highlight? Uh, no, I, I mean, th- not not that there's not enough there, but I did want to ask you: Was there anything that you were expecting to see or hear that we did not get? Um. And by the way, we're recording this in the middle of celebration. <laughs> well, so near the end, all the big news has come out. Yeah. Uh. So, um, no. I guess maybe some updates would have been nice on, on some of the movies that I know that we talked about, like Taika's. I, I yeah, kind so of expected something on Taika's. Something a little bit more tangible than, yeah, yeah it's still happening. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, that was that was probably it. But, I mean, we, we just got, we, we continue to get everything that we know is coming about, um, uh, or on Disney+. Plus. You know, yeah. all the series that we're getting. Yeah. And it's nice that those are all continuing to come in, in a flourish. Like we're getting all of these uh, series ones, one or two a year, which is great. Yeah. So I'm very grateful. Yeah, me, um, um, me too. Me too. I'm not, I'm not um, saying that we shouldn't be in any way. But I think, you know, the one thing that I think people have been talking about for a long time, not, not seriously, but sort of anticipating is when's there going to be a Mandalorian video game? Ooh, yeah, that's a good point. Like people want it, people would play it like crazy. Um, and there really wasn't much on the video game from from what I remember, other than just promoting Jedi Survivor. They all all their eggs are in that basket right now. I think they're yeah. they're just really pushing that hard. Like I mentioned in our last episode, like in in the middle of New York City, where I can't imagine a much more expensive billboard. There's a giant Jedi Survivor yeah. billboard. There's probably twenty of them in New York City. Um, they're 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 going pretty hard with that. Um, I don't think they want to muddy the waters by releasing other titles at the same time. But people for people since the first season of The Mandalorian, people are like, "This would be a great video game." Yeah, how like 
how do how do I get to be this character? Um, whether whether it's current platform or it's some VR game or whatever, like when's that coming out? And I just I don't think it is. I don't think we're going to get one. Um, uh, not anytime maybe, soon. Not anytime soon. Yeah. yeah, maybe at some point. I I don't know. Maybe Lego will come in and do something. You know, but. Uh, I would love them to just do it as like an expansion of the game they just released, though. That would be great. That would be really cool. Um, you I can get see the it, characters in that. I, I could see it happening in Lego form before anything else. But yeah, I digress. <laughs> um, but that's a good one to say, like, hey, didn't hear anything about that. But look, we're living in the golden age of Star Wars. where We just got the announcement of three movies and we got more details on three yeah. or four other uh, series that are coming to Disney+. Plus. We have a lot to be grateful for, not to mention the books, but the High Republic. Yeah. So yeah. there's been a lot. And I'm sure there's other news that we just haven't even, you know, ha- hasn't even made the big airwaves yet because right. uh, we're just getting spoiled by all these other pieces. Of totally, so. totally. And 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 by no means am I complaining. Um, but that's just one of the things that people speculated about for a few years that folks True. were wondering. And and there is one other video game. It's a video game that um, shall not be named because it's under a lot of fire right now. But there is another video game that's supposed oh, to be yeah. coming out at some point. I don't think I, we heard any news on that. No, I, I always just forget that exists. Yeah, I think a lot of people did. <laughs> there. Yeah. Anyway, let's not go there. Um, I, that's all the news. I mean, in all of that, we got to the the finale to the Bad Batch, and yep. we'll just brush over that for right now because. Uh, we're going to do a whole lot episode. of things. We're going to do an episode on that. And there's just, I'm still processing. Let's just say that. Uh, but let's get to the two episodes that also came out for the Mandalorian the past yes. few days, few weeks. Yes. What is that uh, section of our podcast I called? I think it's called more to the story. And what do we get? We got chapters 21 and 22 entitled. The Pirate and Guns for Hire. Who was The Pirate directed by? I forgot to write that down in my notes. Do you remember? Um, it was directed by uh, Jack Black. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. I didn't write it down. I'll have to um, look. But the other one was Bryce Dallas Howard, the, the Guns right, for Hire. Right. Um, let's start with The Pirate. Yes. Uh, a lot happened in this one. Yeah. It was action-packed that's the best mm-hmm. word for it what what word do you have to describe it other than that <laughs> I, I i re-watched the uh episode yesterday and that's the first thing i that came to mind it was like an action movie i mean it's it's the mandalorians kind of outgunned in terms of uh ship firepower but trying to reclaim a city that's been taken over by pirates and that giant pirate corsair kind of floating mm-hmm. over navarro blowing up it's an action movie in it, in, in short form it really is, um, and I'll be have, I'll be able to get to the director. So Peter Ramsey, Peter Ramsey, who is one of these directors I also mentioned coming going to Ahsoka now. So you see okay. a lot of crossover, don't you? Oh yeah, um, sure. And I think that was his debut to Star Wars and to The Mandalorian. So okay, fantastic job in my book. Um, yeah, because th- I thought of the action in this was very similar to how I felt. Not. It wasn't similar to the action, but it was similar to how I felt watching the prison break in Andor. Oh, good one. Okay. I was just on the edge of my seat the whole time. And I'm not yeah. always that way with action movies, especially as like it's a genre that we've been exploring for years. It's always been a favorite yeah. genre of mine. And so I feel like there's a action lot of movies? seen that, been there, done that. Yeah. Our favorite genre of yours? What are some of your favorite action movies? 
I mean, and if if you don't mention Seagal or Van Dam, okay, I should be clear on what I mean by action movies. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. I, I'm thinking of like, um, like the Marvel movies in the past decade. Okay, that's an those are action genre. Oh, I guess so. What else? I'm not a Jean-Paul Van Damme. I'm sorry. Jean-Claude. Jean-Claude. Jean-Paul. His brother. Jean-Paul. Who's that from? Is that Parks and Rec? Or no. That's that's Jean-Ralphio. That's Jean-Ralphio. Oh, man. I don't know. Let's just forget I said all that. Okay. <laughs> um. Anyway, back to uh, Navarro. But so the action. I, I I'm at yeah. a loss for words now. <laughs> so okay, so maybe maybe just to diverge from that a little bit. When I rewatched it, what stood out to me more the second time around, first time around was definitely like, oh man, I'm caught up in this exciting action, explosions, um, the dogfights with the you know the uh, with Mando's ship uh, and the decoys and just how crafty the Mandalorians had to be to retake Navarro. Like totally caught up in that. I like the born identity. Uh, okay, that's that's an action movie. I'll give you that. Is that <laughs> what you've been thinking about the whole time? I've been yapping. Oh yeah, I'm you? not listening. To you. I'm thinking okay. about all the other action movies I like. All right. Well, just so you know, I was just reading all your internet passwords out. <laughs> um, okay. So what stood out to me the second time around was more of like the chess pieces falling into place for the Empire, and Carson Teva. Mm-hmm. having his suspicion that something is really up and watching him go into so one of the, one of the cameos that people weren't raving about that I thought was terrific was Tim Meadows as the Colonel. Oh yeah. Yeah. Going, going to Tim Meadows character and trying to make his pitch to him and seeing how the new Republic has become rather than being this nimble, agile rebellion is all of a sudden now like this just bureaucratic machine. So let me pause and ask you a question on this one, because this is one of my discussion questions. Okay. How are we feeling about the New Republic this season? Not great. No, we're not, are we? It feels clunky. It feels overly bureaucratic. Yeah. It feels it feels under-resourced and overly bureaucratic, and it feels like it's trying to establish itself, but it's already taking itself very seriously. Mm-hmm. And... That that's not what you want a growing galactic organization to be in the Star Wars universe. Like and it, and you can see this. I I think that's how they wanted us to feel, obviously, or else yeah. they wouldn't have uh, given us all these scenes of the new Republic coming. But they 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 hinted at in previous seasons about how it's a joke and you know yeah. And you kind of have you understand that you give it the benefit of the doubt, be, and and that's all you really can do, not being able to see it firsthand. But the pieces we see are like, yeah, they're trying, they're good people, and they're doing yeah. their best, right? But this season is giving us a different side of it, and it showed it yeah. showed us a little bit more of the behind the scenes bureaucracy that you had mentioned, and it's not going well. I mean, this one, the colonel is talking about like there's a lot of other planets that need our help, and we got a backlog. That word backlog really threw me. I was like, ooh, like. Basically, what you're saying is we we don't have the Jedi and we yep. don't have enough manpower to to really fight off all these pirates or help in these ways. Oh, like or the, the, the money big. Or, or, or any of the resources, clearly. Yeah. yeah. And, and they're just 
you, you feel for them. They're trying the best they can with what they have, the resources they have. Um, but there was a, a little um, laissez-faire, blasé-faire attitude about blase. it. Blasé. Yeah, I know. I told you we were going very French this episode. Oh, la la. <laughs> Sacré bleu. Uh, how how uh, uh, stereotypical can we get in just the next five seconds? Um, but it does feel a little uh, like they just don't care. Yeah. Right? Well, I, and I think another one of the behind-the-scenes things that we see a little bit is just sort of the public perception of the New Republic. Mm. Like, I'm, I'm thinking of um, uh, when Dr. Pershing gives a speech, and then afterwards he's talking to people who were in attendance for a speech, and they're kind of like – I forget what the one guy says, but the gist of it is, you know, New Republic, Empire, whatever. And it's like, well, no, they're really different. But I guess if you're just a regular citizen on the ground – on some sub-level of Coruscant, you're probably like, meet the new boss, same as the old boss, whatever. And and part of the reason I think it feels a little bit you know, like same old, same old is because it is. Yeah. Most of the people that are running it are either were the Empire before, yeah. and now they're part of the amnesty program. They've been, uh, you know reintroduce the society in a reformed manner. You know, there's, yeah. there's some kind of like feel good about it, but you don't feel good about it too. Yeah. Um, and then the rest of the people in charge are the ones that kind of got there. Like most of them were just fighters. They yeah. were fighters of the resistance. And now they're being told, okay, you're in leadership now because I guess we won. And they've never had to do that before. And by the way, it's a desk job and some droid is going to keep bringing you endless files free to work on yeah. and so on. So even the Colonel, that's all he was dealing with. He was just getting files after file after file. Like, yeah. Yeah. Right. It doesn't look great. It doesn't look great. But to me, this episode, the second time around, the things that stood out were that about the near public, the chess pieces sort of moving around for the empire and, and characters starting to pick up on that, but not being able to, entirely raise the alarm and the ascendancy, I guess, of Bo-Katan and the Mandalorians kind of coming back together. But I feel like the last like minute of this episode is massive. And I sort of like the first time I watched it, I was like, oh yeah, that's nuts. Um, <laughs> oh, well, we'll talk about that in, in great detail because yeah. that that's really where the episode, uh, the meat of the episode was. Yes. Um, is at the end, but but, but, I, but like all the explosions and the crashing and the shooting and whatever, pew, pew, yeah. whatever. Like, I, I just, I kind of like, we're still coming down from that the first time I watched the episode. So th this one was a good one to rewatch and, and really pick apart a bit. But it was really well done in how they built up to it. Uh, to oh, it was action. so great. Like, it was so great. Um, you know, you mentioned, uh, we'll get back to some of the cameos in a second, but you mentioned Captain Tiva that was kind of going around and trying to figure out what's going on. Yes. He feels like there's there's more at work here and, and he wants yep. to figure it out. But at the same time, he's worried about Navarro. He's a very, uh, just, he's a very good, I don't know how else to say this. He's just a good guy. Like, His heart is in the right place. He can't man. let go of no. Navarro's needs despite them not being a member planet. Yeah. So he goes and, continues to help and finds the Mandalorian and he tells them like, Hey, I'm sorry. I, I came and busted you guys at your covert, you know, and you'll have to move, but you know, for what it's worth, I won't tell, you know? So he's just an honorable guy. Yeah. And, and um, I believe him when he says that. Well, and I guess it was, we'll find out it doesn't matter anymore because they're going to come out in the open. So, yep. 
Oh, wow. Pretty cool. Um, but so I, I thought that was cool. But even just that, that speech around the fire where the Mandalorian is holding the armorer's hammer. Uh, yeah. And Which making I, that speech. Have we seen something like that before? I didn't know that different people could like wield the hammer. I, I feel like it's, but okay. Well, I don't think we've seen it in star Wars, but I think we've seen that in other places before. It's like, oh, you yeah. have the floor. Right? Yeah. And you get your moment to speak. You, you, uh, at camp, they call that the talking stick. Yeah, exactly. It's the they talking stick. Ben, when you hold the talking stick, you can talk. <laughs> Please listen to your bro host. That's what they would say. We need a talking stick amongst us, don't we? Sometimes. You you just want a stick to be able to hit me with. That's all. I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I not surprised? Um. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Don't hit me with the stick that he's holding, because that, as we saw later in that episode, that can, thing can do some makes you know makes some yeah. pain rain. A Trandoshan <laughs> met his maker. Thanks. Does, that talking stick. Does uh, Jean Claude Van Damme? We. Oui. We, he's not French. <laughs> no, he's he's Dutch. He's Belgian. Exactly. He's he's Belgian, but Van Damme <laughs> is definitely Dutch. <laughs> is it? Yeah, I mean Jean Claude is French, but maybe that's the funny part about it. His first name is French, and his last name is is Dutch, and Belgian is both. Belgium has both. Oh wow! See what a complex and intriguing fellow he is. Very. You should watch all of so. his movies. I guess I should. What am I missing? Um, what a was lot. the reason of me bringing him up? Like, does he? Well, th- have this a is saying. Shift- <laughs> this is shifted into a Jean Claude Van Damme podcast. <laughs> no, <laughs> we were just talking about the, the action. Pain. We were talking about the action stuff like that. Um, I, but then, no, we- I, I was asking. Uh, it does. I was asking if he had some kind of phrase like bringing the pain or something like that. Albany Buck kind of thing. No, not, not, not that I know of. Okay. Anyway, back to star Wars. Yep. Um, <laughs> but okay. What did you think of this whole campfire scene? That's what I'm getting at. Um, I, I, I thought it was like a good little fake out. Like you don't expect Paz to be on the side of running and saving grief Karga. Um, but to me, it was also it was just another moment of the Mandalorians ascending, the unification yeah. of the Mandalorians, and that's another thing that we talked about in our prior episode, which we sort of called, thanks to Rick Famuyiwa. Is that how you say it? Yeah, Famuyiwa. Yeah, I think. So we were talking recently about like, all right, there's an episode called The Apostate. There's an episode called The Foundling. You think going into it, you know who they're talking about. They mm-hmm. give you the episode. It's not as clear afterwards. And so you're, are you trying to tell me there's more than one pirate? Not that there's more than one pirate, but okay. there's more than one Mandalorian. And okay. this feels like the rise of the capital M Mandalorians. And it's yeah. not didn't show anymore. And yeah. that's what Rick said at Celebration. See, I thought where you were going with that was I like it, but that Captain Tiva was being a pirate, or he's living at least by so that maritime works. law because that, that when works. he was out in space all by himself, looking at the uh, yeah uh, the wreckage there, yep. he was wading into maritime law at that point. So he's I, a pirate. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm stretching it now. 
No, I th- I think that works. I, I think the definition of a pirate is basically somebody who is operating outside of the law and typically independently. There aren't fleets of pirate ships. There's usually just the one. Yeah. And that's the, the and and that's sort of uh I, I think appropriate for what Captain Tivo is doing. Um but no, the the campfire scene I think was like a galvanizing moment for the Mandalorians for them to come together. And I, I think it's one of those scenes where like like in other movies, other media, when you win over the guy who is really hard to win over, mm-hmm. it feels like something starts to tip and it's and it starts to go in a certain um, direction. Honestly, that's what I really like about this moment. And that's why I focused on it was because it just proves that there's just no throwaway episode in any of these series. Even if you go See, back. That's to funny. Season, what? People on Twitter would rake you over the coals for saying that. How? Every episode that comes out, somebody goes filler. That's not true. I mean, this episode proves it. The last don't, episode, don't get angry at me. I, I'm not getting angry at you. I'm I'm just getting worked up, man. Um, the last episode, of the Foundling, like that can't be a, th- a throwaway anymore because this is what gets Paz on the side of the man, um, Paz yes. Vizsla on the exactly. side of Mandalorian to then go and engage in this battle. Exactly. Everyone was saying that about episode one, like, oh, they're just this is just setting the chessboard up. I'm like. Yeah, and look how important that is. This is we it had to is. go back and get um Gorian Shard and make it so that he just wasn't this random guy we introduced for merchandise purposes. I mean, Funko Pops. Who's not going to get a Funko Pop with that green? I know. Face? So, what do you think? Do you think what do you think his head looks like? By the way, as a Funko Pop? No, just Gorian Shard. What what would you compare it to? Seaweed. I've heard seaweed. <laughs> I've heard um, seaweed salad, which you can get in a sushi place. Um, more power to him. Yeah, not for me. Uh, <laughs> no, but no. can't do seaweed. I, I think I think he's going to be a fun one to merchandise. Oh, totally. But, but my point being, like they they didn't just introduce him for that reason. Even Vane. I was going to ask you a question on that. So the not skipping ahead too much. If you want to go back to the campfire, we can. But um, Vane had some some great lines in this, and then he breaks away at the very end from the fleet. Is this the last we've seen of Vane? Where else do we see him? I don't think so. And I think what we're going to learn from him at one point or another is the role that Gorian Shard's crew played in whatever the Empire is doing. Yeah. I think they were put up to to uh, do what they did to Navarro in some way by the Empire, directly or indirectly. Um, and I think he is the key to us learning the rest of that story. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Um, we've got two more episodes until we figure out exactly where he comes in. And, and, and maybe he comes in Ahsoka, Skeleton Crew, any of these other that we've yeah, mentioned. That's a good point. That's a good point. Could be. So um, anyway, just I, I really ended up liking him a lot. I know he's he's a villain, villainous character, but like I, I liked him. I thought his uh, uh, the actor that played him was really good. And so I thought so, too. I'd love to see more of him. Um, and I see him play will. a bigger role. So um, I really liked his uh, his he's above you. He's below you moment. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. The, of the fight. Was there anything that you really liked of the battle itself? Like that, that to me was one that stood out. But um, there are actually quite a few I wrote down. So but any any that you really liked during the battle? There was a lot of little moments. Um, the pirates shooting at the quacky monkey lizards, yes. I thought was a fun <laughs> way to make you hate them even more. 
Um, the, what the Kawaki monkey lizards? No, the pirates. Oh, the pirates. Yes, yes. Because <laughs> it's like I'm allowed to be annoyed at the Kawaki monkey lizards, but you're not allowed to shoot at them. That's I like that they were giving away where they were hiding. They were like helping the Mandalorians as they're like over yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I love those little guys. Um, I love the armor scene where she takes out the big yes. gun on the turret. Um, that that was that was pretty cool. It was, it was interesting watching them fight and divide and conquer. Um, but a little moment. So I, I, I loved my favorite stuff was in the air attacking the Corsair. Um, seeing Gory and Shard and his crew react like it sounds like they're on a ship, like they're out at sea. Um, the the way that they sort of talk to one another and things like that. Yeah. But um, a little thing that I really enjoyed was when the tide turned and they started to run the surviving pirates out of town. Mm-hmm. I love that the townspeople of Navarro led by high magistrate grief Karga, were there to high meet them. Magistrate. Yes. Yes. <laughs> they were there to meet them. They didn't hide in the Hills until the whole thing was over. They went there and met them with their guns drawn and sort of reclaimed their city, which I really liked. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree with that. Um, I really like to when when Mandalorian shows up and you had Grief Cargo at the bottom, uh, uh, you know, down on the ground saying they have you outnumbered 10 to 1. Mandalorian destroys one ship and just says, I like those odds. Great line. You know, it's, it's cheesy because it is, but it doesn't come across as cheesy because of how well it's executed. Like it's a call. Carl Weathers is the man and and he delivers it in an authentic way. It doesn't feel forced. It's more that they're telegraphing the line from forever away. Like as soon as he says they have you outnumbered 10 to one, you're, you're thinking, you know what? I know a great line that he said back in season one that he could say right now. Mm. Oh, look, there he said it. You see it coming, but with how well it's executed, you don't care. It's just like that. Yep. That's how you say something like that. You, yep. You, you just, you put an exclamation point on it. So it was really well yep. executed. Dig it. Um, anything else from this episode uh, from the action or anything before maybe we start to dig into the last few minutes? I think one other yes. thing that's worth talking about is when Captain Tava goes all the way from a, was it a Delphi base back to mm-hmm. Coruscant, talks to the Colonel who, who weasels their way into that conversation. Oh, some guy that I think we've seen in other stuff. No big deal. Zeb. Huh? Who really cares about Zeb? No, no, no. I'm not talking about Zeb. Oh. Although that oh. was a terrific. Oh, Elia uh, or um, uh, Kane. Kane. Yeah. Elia. Yes. Elia. Is that her name? Eli- I think Elia Kane. Yeah. So she she somehow weasels her way in and says like, hey, boss, I'm going down to the, you going to get you anything to eat? Just sort yeah, of yeah. kissing up and whatever. And, and oldest and- trick in the book. He, he seems to be sort of uh, not aware of that. Um, but it's interesting that she finds her way in at that time. Oh, and she knew what she was doing. She knew what she was doing. So, but what's the empire? What, what What's going on here? She's working for the empire. She somehow, mean, she knows that Gorian Shard's going to attack Navarro. She doesn't no, want their. Well, we're just realizing. Yeah. She knows how important Navarro is. And she knows that something is at play and she's, she's the cog in it. She's, she's got a, you know, She's got to make sure that there's, there's just, let's just, I, I think that there's a lot that she's trying to do to set up the Mandalorians, you know, because I think so. Uh, she's still working for um, uh, Moff Gideon. Mm-hmm. Then Moff Gideon's got a bone to pick with the Mandalorians. And so she's just playing 3d chess right now. 
mm. trying to set them all up and 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 she's she's the queen in this match if you, if you mm. want to put it that way i'm off getting as the king like they're they're just trying to get them into a checkmate scenario so I mean, I she like knows that. exactly what she's doing. If you had any questions about where her allegiance was at the end of uh, uh, the convert episode, squash any of those uh, remaining yeah. doubts. Like she is absolutely still connected to Moff Gideon. So that's yeah. really what this was all about. And she she plays it well. She does, plays it re- both sides really well. She's a great she, undercover agent. For sure. For sure. Um, can, I, can I mention something about Giancarlo Esposito real quick? Yes. I saw this today. Um, I don't. I don't remember the actress's name, and I feel terrible. The woman who plays Dedra on. Oh, Goff. Yeah. 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 Um, G O U G H. Yeah, Goff is her last name. She uh, ran into Giancarlo Esposito today and shared something publicly that uh, I had not heard before, and she took a picture with him and was and was delighted to meet him because she said that she based. Dedra on Giancarlo Esposito's character on Breaking Bad. Mm, okay. So he, mm, interesting. He, he plays sort of an, uh, a villain who um, is not like overtly villainous, mm-hmm. but is the bad guy of the show, but is also trying to sort of be controlled and, and, and not show that too much and whatever. And so she said she sort of studied that and used that when she was uh, playing Dedra. And then they met today in London. How cool is that? <laughs> it's like I've been waiting to tell you this for a while. Yeah. No, I'm not basing off of your other Star Wars character that and since we're in that same franchise together, I'm basing it off of another character you played. That's really cool. Um, really cool. Denise Goff, by the way. Denise. That's why it's like French Denise name. Dethra, you know? <laughs> I know more <laughs> French. Let's just throw more out. Is it French? I was I was just saying that. I think it is actually. I was just saying it because you did, but yeah. Now oh. I think I'm thinking about it, maybe I don't know. Let's just Denise. move on. Um, I thought you were talking about a different moment, and you're talking about uh, when you're talking about Captain Tifa and all the cameos that we got. Yeah. Um, everyone had a great field day for for Zeb, and he looks good in live action. They executed so that good. Really oh my gosh! Well. Um, yeah, I, I, I was really impressed. Yeah. So I my question for you is. This this can't be just a let's show you him and you know be like cool isn't that a fun cameo and move on we're gonna get more of him right I, I'm assuming so I don't think you just yeah. drop I don't think you do all that work to just drop him in there for one kind of like day of oh my goodness that's amazing yeah, I think I he's agreed he he's got to come back in something um, I, I mean we didn't see him in the Ahsoka trailer and so there's a lot of like that would be the perfect place to bring him back you bring in everybody else in the crew yeah. back except for him but. But yeah, it's more interesting that he's in a in like a rebel fighter outfit, right? Like he's he looks he, like he's one of the guys at a Delphi base. Exa- he is. Yeah, exactly. So really interested to see how we got there. And so I'm hopeful we'll get more of him. And I'm pretty darn sure of it because Filoni would never pass up an opportunity to bring a fan favorite character like that. Yeah, back. agreed. So but there are a lot of other cameos. Did you pick up on the other ones? Um, We already mentioned Tim Meadows. That was a great one. Yep. Um, who, who else we had, a, you, you blink and you miss it. We had Rick Femiua. Uh, oh, I heard about this, but Edward I, Chow, um, as Sash Ketter and Trapper Wolf, Dave Filoni. Uh, oh, I didn't see Filoni. Wow. Yeah. They were all having a little powwow there at Delphi base. Um, and, uh, Misty Rose was, Roses was the, uh, bartender. No way. Yeah. I mean, that's oh, not a cameo, but you just, 
find out it, later that she's playing it and you're like, good, good for her. You know, when, um, so we, we saw this at, at New York comic con when an actor is there doing a signing or whatever, a comic book artist or whatever, like behind them, they have like their pictures of like, I was in this, I was in that, I was in whatever mm-hmm. she, she at this point has at least three or four just from the Mandalorian series. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause she's been a bunch of different characters because she's so cool. Why Cause not? she can. Yeah, totally. Um, all right, let's get to the last piece of this episode before we move on. Fine. And that is the scene with the armor and Bo-Katan, the one that you mentioned at the beginning. Uh, you kind of forget about it because it's just so much action, explosion, pew, pew, whatever. I was, I was and, actually talking about a different one, but we can talk about both. What do you mean? I, I was going to talk about um, Moff Gideon's ship. Oh, okay. Well, we need to talk about both. Let's yeah. talk about the armor first, chronologically. Fine. Uh, <laughs> this scene in the back in the sewers back where it all started the mm-hmm. armor is back at the forge where we saw the, the series take off and uh is reminiscing a little bit about the forge on mandalorian and then she just turns to Bo and says remove your helmet and you're shock like, what why shock horror what's wrong with you like i thought this was the way um, but then she says some stuff that's really interesting. And I wrote it that down. Would, that would have been a good episode title. What? I what? thought this was what? the way. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was the way. Yeah. Just that. I mean, that's kind of what we're getting at with our current title. Yep. Um, our, but she says, our people have strayed from the way. Mm. And it is not enough for, f- for a few to walk it. We mm. must walk it together. All Mandalorians. Um. And, be, and she explains that because she has walked both worlds that she can help unite them and that her seeing uh, the mythosaur is a sign of that. Mm-hmm. So she's kind of growing up a little bit as a, she's willing to make some sacrifices to the way Yeah. to say, all right, if you, if you're the one who's going to unite us, we're better off together mm-hmm. and, and there's no one better than you to do it. So mm-hmm. Go. Take off your helmet, prove me wrong, but like this, this needs to happen. And like they walk out of it, and everyone in the in the covert uh, is is shocked. Like, what's going on? And there's a really subtle moment. Did you pick up on? Pause. Viz is like about to explode. You can tell he's just yeah. furious. Yeah. And he just looks over at Din, and he just gives a little nod, mm. like this is the way. And he and pause uh, in that moment probably come down just a little bit, but he still seems like he's pretty annoyed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But what did you make of all this? This was just a lot to, to take in. Um, to- and totally had... unexpected too. Yeah. Yeah. Was there any, any, anything else that was just exciting, shocking about this? I don't know. Um, I, I think you hit all the main stuff, but I guess it wasn't as obvious to me up until this episode that the Mandalorians were going to start to rally around and behind Bo-Katan. It yeah. still felt to me like it was a little bit tenuous and um, she was still kind of learning the way their version of the way and so on. Um, but this sort of like thrust her forward in, in the sense that like the armors behind her, the armor I think is, is probably thinking outside the box here in, in allowing her to take her helmet off and to unite everybody. Um, and it's just a really interesting like mashup of like, Hey, there's all these practical things 
that go with being a Mandalorian that we're breaking some of those things. Um, and there's another part that feels like fantastic and, and um, like fantastical and prophetic of like, you, you know, you saw, you saw this mythical beast and therefore you can take your helmet off and um, it, people's wires almost get crossed by that. Like, like I thought Paz was going to lose his mind, yeah. but total curveball didn't see it coming. Didn't expect it. Um, but I, I think, I, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think, I think from here on out, it's like the ascendancy of the Mandalorians leaving the covert, being out in the open, kind of reclaiming what they once had is all kind of on her shoulders. And that's got to be a heavy burden too. Yeah. Um, I, I also think Bo-Katan and, and Katie Sackhoff's delivery of this was, was a big reason for it, but she's so good. She is, but like her reaction to the, to the command to, to take her helm out, she was like, uh, but what, mm-hmm. huh? Mm-hmm. Instead of just like, oh, thank goodness, and ripping it off, she's like, I was hoping you would say that. Um, which is what you almost expect her to say. She was bought in, season. she's bought in, she really genuinely is. And I think we've questioned, like, is she genuinely bought in? Is she all of a sudden converted to the way? And you're seeing signs that she might be. So, I don't know. I, I, I really liked her reaction there, and, and it wasn't just uh. You know, like, sure, if you say so, like, she questioned it. Yeah. Let me just make sure, because I, I don't want to have to go back and and get pulled underwater again like uh, Mando did. Like, But but she didn't question the authority of the armor. She she wasn't like, oh, my gosh, you're wrong. Um, no, she trusted her. She totally trusted her. So, which, someone that she called a zealot not too long ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's totally bought in. Um. So, yeah, I, th- I think that's uh, an interesting twist, and I think everything is sort of on her shoulders now. Yeah, but where did you want to go? You wanted to go to the Captain Tiva in space scene. I, next. I just wanted to touch on that really quickly because I thought that was a really interesting way to kind of like wrap up this episode and stuff. Because I think a lot of us have been wondering, like, okay, we've heard Moff Gideon's name a couple of times. When are we actually going to see the guy? Mm-hmm. Um, and here lo and behold he's been broken out of the the ship that was transporting him and what do we have left behind but a little bit of beskar a little bit of mandalorian armor and what's going on there are they trying to frame the mandalorians for oh, yeah right? breaking him out did some crazy rogue mandalorians actually break him out i don't think that's the case i, I think i think it's a frame job um but it's just another chess piece, another chess move that I think the Empire has made to set up the New Republic to start, uh, you know, fighting a multi-front war. So the Mandalorians yeah. are now going to be at odds with the New Republic potentially, which weakens them, which helps set up the Empire for something. Um, but it also makes me wonder, when are we going to actually see Moff Gideon? I'm assuming pretty soon. I'm assuming soon. And then like, in what way? And like, in is what he going to come back triumphantly and he's going to have the empire? Like, does he want to make a big announcement like that? Or is he going to come out more subtly? Like you said, I think this is more about him playing uh warlord on a, a, a three dimensional board. And, and like you said, a multi-front war where he's making more, the Mandalorians fight. He's isolating the Mandalorians so yeah. that they're less of a threat. Yeah. He doesn't have to, he doesn't have to fight a multi uh, stage war. They do. Mm-hmm. So I, it's it's just you know 
it's a ward lord having a good good old time <laughs> Do, doing what he does yeah exactly so um my question though is is tiva gonna smell this and realize this is just you know bait but the problem is i think he's he's broadcasted and he's shared this back with the base already and so they're gonna be like that's it uh, Navarro's independent. Now the Mandalorians are there. So they must be part of the Empire because they broke them off getting it out. And so we've got to eradicate them. Like it's I, not, not going to be pretty. Yeah. I think Tiva is going to be like, this is a setup. You know, I, I know these guys and I know that they wouldn't do this for any reason. But I think now that he's broadcast it out, I think that's going to be the perception. Too late. Right. Yeah. Exactly. People exactly. are going to believe that they're up to no good. Yep. So we'll see what happens, but that that was a fantastic episode. I think it was. It's ironic that one was the best, uh, had the highest score on IMDb. Um, I, I think it was like eight point hmm. four stars out of ten or something. Okay. But let's get into the next episode, which ironically was the lowest rated of the season of, of the whole season so far. So far, yeah. Okay. Wow. Um, at, in the sixes, so just interesting. We'll get into it all, but this one's called Guns. Guns for Hire. Um, it's an interesting episode. I mean, we start off with uh, the 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 rogue, not rogue, but the Bruges. Stop it. Um, the the Mandalorians that uh, are led by Axe Wolves used to be led by um, Bo-Katan, the fleet. Yeah, yep. uh, going and picking up a Mon Calamari on a Corrin ship, and. It's it's an interesting scene. <laughs> yeah, my wife looked at me and was like, "Okay, that was weird." <laughs> it was weird. So speaking of Zeb, do you think we're going to see those guys again? Like, it seems like they put a lot of effort into like, is is this just Axe and Company their story? Or I think are... this was more just to share, like, okay, here's what Axe Wolves and the the group have been doing and and reintroducing them. That's more what I thought it was about. But maybe, maybe. Maybe. I don't we'll know. I was, I was left wondering. But yeah, a, l- a little bit of an odd scene, but but some really cool, I think, visual effects and visual storytelling. I really yeah. like the the tank kind of coming down that yeah. the captain of the ship was in. That was kind of cool to see. Um, and it was interesting to see the, the Mandalorians uh, riding around in an Imperial cruiser like that. That was kind of yeah. cool, too. Yeah, we are honorable. It just takes a few credits. <laughs> yeah. That's what they say. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it was a really uh, fun way to introduce them back. But um, we end up spending most of our time on a planet called Plaisir 15, mm-hmm. uh, keeping up with the French, Plaisir. Um, it looked, I actually thought it was Takadana at first when they got there. I was like, that looks like Takadana. Oh, yeah. On the, yeah. Uh, like, um, if you just look at the, the surface of the planet. Um, and then once they zoomed in, it's, it's, uh, it's a weird place. They've got like this big bubble that they live in, just like Mandalore. Mm-hmm. So did you feel like there are any ties that to Mandalore or that they were purposely going for or no? I, I, I did not pick up on that. Um, okay. Because to me, it felt like Plazier 15 just felt fake, felt totally manufactured. Um, mm. And it felt like more like a, a theme park than any type of real life. And it it maybe had some more parallels in my mind to like a Canto bite where mm. people aren't working all day long. Um, people are just having a good time. It seems like. Well, pleasure, pleasure, right? They're just they're just there, kicking back, 
the droids do all the work they do nothing they enjoy the arts just like it's like uh, a whole a whole planet of aristocrats who have nothing to worry much. about right it's not it looks like a great place but under the surface there feels like there might be something else going on and we'll, yes. we'll get to some of this so yep um we start with a few cameos mm, yeah lizzo and mm -hmm. jack black yeah which I, I mean, as soon as they opened the door and I saw across the table, I was like, I know who that is. That's Jack Black. <laughs> what is Isn't that wild? That, that, that's, that's one of the things that, um, so we, we knew that, uh, what's his name was going to be in it, uh, because there's a little bit of a Christopher Lloyd. Chris. Yeah. I think they, they mentioned, uh, yeah. I think last year that Christopher Lloyd was going to be in it. We didn't know who he was going to play or whatever. Right. Um, so not, not that surprised to see him very surprised to see Jack Black and Lizzo D did not expect them at all. I actually um, didn't know who Lizzo was before this. I'll, I will be. Oh, honest. really? Oh, yeah. I think she's terrific. Yeah. Um, real quick, uh, a, a take that I saw on Reddit that I that I actually really liked about mm. Jack Black. Um, so it seems like uh, Captain. Uh, it's Captain, right? Captain. Yeah. Captain Bombardier. Bombardier. Uh, it seems like a sweet, lovable guy, right? Seems like it. Exactly. So somebody was like, <laughs> "Who?" who would get you to let your guard down more than a Jack black? Mm -hmm. Like you see Jack black and you're just like, ah, this'll be fun. But wouldn't he, wouldn't it be funny if he was somehow still working for the empire connected to them in some way for his own benefit and yeah. maybe setting them up or something. So I don't think it's an accident that we're getting introduced to the likes of Eli Kane and him and all these reformed empire people. And he's got the, he's got the big button. He's right got here. the button. He's, yep. he's, he's wearing the same button that she's wearing. I mean, it's, it's the button of the, uh, the amnesty program, right? Yep. But so it's, it's not everybody in it that are probably bad or anything, but it, no, obviously no. they're forced to all wear it. So like they, they have to give off like I am, uh, reformed uh, empire here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's even this very interesting, I mean, we're jumping ahead here, but Hellgate, who is the character that Christopher Lloyd plays, and yep. we end up learning a little bit about him, but he says to him at the end, he's like, this, this place is unrecognizable since he arrived and pointing at the captain of Bombardier. Um, he blames the captain for making the planet uh, a worse place to live, a worse place somewhere where the droids are, are, taking care of you like what what's so bad about it so he obviously seems to think that there's something bad and and yep. and, and jack black in his own in his jack black way he just brushes it off like i knew you didn't like me you know and so yeah you're wondering like is this love with lizzo fake it's i, well, I feel the same way is what i'm saying <laughs> he he seems to have inherited like his authority based on his marriage to her Right. It's her family yes. who yes. has she, she's, she's the duchess. The, she's the duchess. Um, and so he's married into that family and he gets to get all the benefits that go with that. Um, but I the the first go around, I was like, oh, Jack Black is the best. He's so funny, whatever. And mm -hmm. then the second time around, I'm like, mm, you're up to, you're you're up to something. That's exactly what I had. So I'll I'll admit, I watched this the first time and I went, not my favorite episode. But I watched it a second time and I went, mm, there's something here. There's yeah. some good here. And I feel like For we're sure. going to like it a lot more after uh, a couple of rewatches, after we know a little bit more of the story. Yeah. So um, so that that's really interesting. We 
talking about Jack Black. Uh, that was one area I wanted to go. Um, we we go in a lot of different directions. I mean, we go to to Hellgate uh, uh, and meet him. Um, we go to a bar for droids. A bar for droids. We the get droids. Yeah. yeah, there's there's a lot uh, in this that's very nostalgic. We we get Din uh, talking the talk with the Ugnots. Yeah, yeah, it's a huge callback. Yep, going back to Quill and everything you learned from him, and and mm-hmm. speaking them, speaking to them in a way to, that is at their level and that they respect and appreciate. Yep, it very was, interesting. Very interesting to see that. It was really all. It was also interesting to see because everyone's been saying like, "Oh, he's been put in the back seat and stuff like that." This is very much a good cop, bad cop. Yep. Episode, and yep. we see in some moments, good cop was a better, better choice, and some yeah. moments, bad cop is a better choice. That, that that's a good point. Yeah. Right. So I feel like both Bo Katan and Din get their time to shine. I, I agree. And, and I think it shows what a good team they are and how well they play yes. off and complement one another. Different strengths, different approaches work great together. I, all right. I'm not rooting for a love story here or anything like that. Oh this. my gosh. Here we go. I'm not, I'm not. Okay. But at the same what time, did, what do the kids say on Twitter? Who do you ship? Know. Ship. Yeah. I'm not do shipping you ship these two. Bo-Katan and Din. No, uh, let me clarify. Wait, hang on a second. No, they just I'll clarify make, for you. I'm not shipping them. They just make a great partnership. Well, and I know, just hope you, it's like a duo at the end of the day, like leading Mandalore and it's the two of them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I was just trying to figure out um, when you start your Twitter account that just ships Bo-Katan and Tin <laughs> Chart. What do I call it? What do you call what do you call them as a couple? You know how like mm. uh, Jennifer Lopez Din Katan? Din Katan. <laughs> Bo Jarin. Bo No, I was trying to go with I don't know. I, was, I, I didn't want it to sound like Bojan she was Kachartan. taking his last name. I was like, she's got the better last name. What? <laughs> Bo Jakartan? Is that what you said? Nope, but let's go with Bojakartan. <laughs> I did hear what you said. You'll be able to find us on Twitter at Bojakartan. <laughs> Looking for moots. <laughs> Din and Bo. Uh, people who who ship Din and Bo only. There's got to be a lot out there that are shipping them right now. Not just, well, yeah. I'm not, but like. <laughs> You're not. No, I'm just, I'm, I'm messing around. Let's cut this part out. No, let's leave it. Heck no, this is staying. <laughs> I own the editing. I am keeping this. All but right. come on, man. Don't they make but, like a great partnership? Awesome team. Awesome yes. team. Yeah. Totally. Cop team, raising little Grogu team. Yep. All the teams. Yeah. Right? Running Mandalore team. I, I can't disagree. I think they would do great. I can't disagree. And the other thing that I think they do really well is, um, so, you know, Din never really wanted the dark saber. He didn't want to no. wield the dark saber and have all the stuff that goes with it. Right. Um, so I, I think they're deferential to one another in the right ways. Like mm-hmm. Bo-Katan's the right person. So Din finds a way to tell Axe Wolves and everybody else the story that then makes it make sense for her to wield the dark saber. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no ego in it. And it seems like they have no ego with one another. Um, so, yeah, to- I'm, I'm totally on board with the idea of them 
you're shipping them now too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you are. Yeah. Look at that. No, but um, I'm going to go back to the, like the good cop, bad cop like this. Yeah. You know what? I'm watching Brooklyn nine, nine right now. And so this feels very much like a Jake and Amy kind of thing. Yep. yep Maybe yep. there's I, no, I just started watching pie. that. Yeah. See, it's great. You've seen it before though, right? No, 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 never no. just started. Oh man. Where are yeah. you? Like in the first season. Oh man, you got a lot of good stuff to get. Okay. Um, Pontiac Bandit is great. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay. Uh, I will buckle up. That one's that that's just the best stuff in that show. Anyway, no, but Jake and Amy, they just make a great like pair duo, you know, and and there doesn't have to be a romantic thing. There can if you want, but they could they could just they could just, you know, go about solving crimes and rebuilding Mandalore together and raising Grogu, and I'd be cool with that. Yeah. Agreed. So anyway, I'm getting really off. Um, there's a, it's just, okay. We'll, we'll kind of skip back, like skip well, past all the, like hang on. what happens in between, but what, what do you want to say? I, I was going to go back to Hellgate for a second. Sure. Um, so I was he, going, Oh, okay. All right. Well, go ahead. Don't let me step on your toes. No, I was gonna say, let's get to like, we find out that Hellgate is behind all the, the mischief with the droids. Yeah. And we learn a few things that he is separatist. Mm-hmm. And that he and he starts getting into a monologue and talking about how Count Dooku was the smartest man alive and he was cut short at his prime by the Jedi. So some really interesting, which we all know isn't true. Well, kind of true. Mm-hmm. Kind of true. Um, but it was just a, an interesting scene. Just like, OK, we've got separatists back, not just battle droids, but a separatist that are controlling the battle droids. Yeah. So what did you make of all that? Uh, d- so didn't see it coming. Um, so it's a bit surprising to be like sort of cuffed and then walked up to the Duchess and for him to spit out this whole story. Um, and then and then says this whole thing. Like, I, I think when you consider where his loyalties really are, he says this whole thing about how he hopes that maybe one day he can sort of earn his way back into her service. Yeah. And I, I thought mm. that was interesting because it made me think about like, well, well, what were some of his motivations maybe beyond what he said? Like, was he sort of booby trapping the world in some way to disrupt Captain Bombardier's authority over it? Was he was he yeah. trying to was he trying to ruin the party for Jack Black? Um, I don't know. I, I don't yeah. think we'll actually did see Christopher Lloyd again. Maybe not. Yeah. Um, but did he have a altruistic motive or was he trying to do like the that? right thing? Yeah. And kind of took not the for fall the separatists, for not for the separatists, for the good of the Duchess, her family, the world, the people that live there, yeah. um, and 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 he did it in the only you know he only had access to certain things, and one of the ways he could do that was to you know cause some issues with the droids and maybe wake people up a little bit. I don't know, yeah. But, um, I I just second again second view around like I sort of question his motives. Like, is he what? Wh- He's saying one thing, but does he mean another? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think time will tell. Maybe we haven't seen the end of him. Um, again, I just, I like that they're really, they're connecting it to uh, all these different eras of Star Wars at once. Yep. Right. So, you yeah. know, there's a, there's a lot of fun to do with that. Um, That's but, a good point. But yeah, I, I think that his character and I, he's done something pretty pretty crappy here like he, oh, yeah. he was about to turn the whole entire fleet of droids against the people and destroy them so that's not really redemptive 
right? No, like no. that. He was that's hard to come back from to, too. Yeah, he was willing to go a pretty, uh, pretty far away to to emphasize his point there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I I just I don't know. We'll find out. But uh, in any case, it just ended up being a really interesting story. I guess some people will look back and see how much of it was. I don't want to say filler, but just a mean to get to an end, which yeah. was meet the Mandalorians. Yeah. And that all of that did not disappoint. No, Bo-Katan facing off with Axe Woes, trying to get the fleet back. I mean, this is what uh, the armor had sent her off to do to read, to, to get them back and to join them with yeah. the rest of the Mandalorians, the zealots, as they were calling them. Yeah. Um, and, and I think you and I talked about this. Uh, so we'll go here. I found it really interesting that, um first of all it was a great well choreographed scene with Bo um yeah and axe fighting um i found it really interesting two things one the way that they that they work to get the events of the minds of mandalore um and din losing to that mm-hmm. creature to mm-hmm. then get bokatan the lights or the dark saber mm-hmm. um so we can talk about that which was fascinating but there's also the fact that Bo-Katan, or no, sorry, Axe Wolves is calling, uh, you know, the Mandalorian Din and the covert that he's part of, Zealots. They're saying mm-hmm. he's not a Mandalorian. They're being very pompous and stuff. Um, and then as soon as he asks them, like, hey, if if I say that my captor got the Darksaber, then she got the Darksaber from my captor. And it's right. Like, does that work? And they're like, yeah, 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 that works. <laughs> Yeah, right, um, right away they're like, well, yeah, well, those are the rules. So, yeah, those are yeah, the rules. They're like, wait a minute. So yeah. you're okay with some of the way. Yeah. But not those parts of the way. Like, I'm, you're you're losing me, guys. Like, so I, I guess, you know, I was thinking about that. I guess some things are just sacred. Um, and maybe to them, some of the rituals of like, you know, you don't take your helmet off. Like, that's not sacred. But like, there's just that one dark saber. And when it changes hands, that's a sacred thing. And so we, we yeah. follow that. But. Um, well, this goes back to the armor's point. It's like some of us have strayed from the way. Yeah. And and I think what she's saying is like, in some ways we have too. Like we might be trying as hard as we can to follow yeah. the way, but we what we've done in trying to like be so rigid about this is that we've alienated ourselves from other Mandalorians. We're not united. Great. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. So I think she sees the error in her ways just as much. And maybe oh, that's man. what they're seeing too. This show's so good. I can't believe that people are not giving the show good reviews. I mean, they're still liking it. This they is still the only like episode that, that didn't get the greatest. But you know what? Everyone's allowed to like and not like their own things. But hey, totally. we're over here loving it. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, what what did you make of all this? That's everything I've made no i i think you nailed it i don't think i can say it really any better um it just feels like uh the prophecy continues to be fulfilled in some ways um and yeah i'd, I'd love to see what what else happens here on plays your 15 because i feel like we're not necessarily done with some of the characters on it yeah and i feel like captain bombardier is up to no good i i think he's part he's lump him in with a liacane yep there's something afoot here there's some, something something afoot yeah, um, but we're going to be really interesting to see how all of these Mandalorians come together, if they come together now under Bo-Katan, but yep. the way they played it is like Bo is the leader now, Yep. and she's got her she's got her crew back. She yep. beat Axe, and now she actually has the Darksaber, and frankly, the whole way that they tied it in and how she got it, like by def- 
destroying or, or you know defeating uh din's captor i had not thought of that 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 that's another reason why I don't watch the intros anymore. Because the second watch, I did watch it, and they spoiled mm-hmm. it all at the beginning. I don't oh, watch intros man. anymore because of that. Mm. So I'm I'm glad I've made that rule for myself. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. Yep. Maybe maybe you're one of the people who was at Star Wars Celebration. You got to see the next episode. We have not yet. Um, Luckies. So lucky. And <laughs> I, you know, when I woke up this morning, the first thing I did, like bleary-eyed. Like just barely awake, I picked up my phone and I opened up the Disney Plus app to see if they had posted that episode overnight. Yeah, and, and they didn't. <laughs> alas, they have not. Um, but uh, maybe you're one of the lucky people who knows what happens next. We don't, but we'll be back in two weeks to talk about it. I, I will say it, I'm happy to see that most people that were there are keeping quiet about it. And... Yeah, that that that's a good thing. And I remember right. um, when when Chris and everybody else went and they got to see what was it, the first episode of Obi Wan. Yeah, they did. Or something. And I asked him, like, did you guys have to sign anything? And he said, no. Like They just showed just, you the episode. That's it. I mean, it wasn't the like, episode. They asked you not to spoil it for anybody. Yeah. And and I think the, those, a lot of those fans, they get it. Yeah. They're not. They, the they wouldn't want it to. Yeah. They, they wouldn't want it to be spoiled for them. So right. they're not Ex- doing it. Exactly. Um, they understand that not everybody gets to go. So it, yeah. it's, it's good to see. Um, no, there's only other, one other question that I wanted to ask you to okay. close up this episode. Um, yeah. Have our feelings on Bo-Katan changed? We yes. watched a few episodes and went, this doesn't feel genuine. No, she can't be turning the page that quickly. No, this, she's still got to be like, something's up her sleeve, right? Are, are we feeling that way anymore? N- not anymore. I, I think something that happened on Mandalore has, has fundamentally changed her. I, I feel yes. like she's come around and she's not the same person that went into the mines. Um. I, th- I think she's had a genuine change of heart. I mean, when she was hiding the the mythosaur from Din, yeah. we we're all like, "Oh, she's she's gonna use this to like pull one fast over him." And then yeah, yeah, you yeah. watch it, you're like, "No, she was just deeply processing everything and was so yeah. shook by this experience that she didn't know she didn't know what to do about it." Yeah, and she was like, "Wait a minute," she was more thinking like, "Wait a minute," if he didn't see this creature and I did. What does that mean? Yeah. And so I'm processing the previous episodes very differently now. There's only two more left. Yep. There's a lot that can happen. Maybe she does pull a fast one over us still. And we've really been duped. But it could could be. I doubt it, though. I'm doubting it at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. But we're going to find out. And we'll be back yes. to report our thoughts on all of it. Yes, we will. Until then, you can find us. At the Star Bros Podcast on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You can email us at the Star Bros Podcast at gmail.com. Yep. When did I start doing this? I don't know I don't why, know. but Go I started ahead, keep doing going. this. And you can find us on Facebook too. Yep. Or you can go and find Jan at his address, and it is one, two, no. three, four. Oh. <laughs> Obviously, that's not right. You, um, you, can, you can listen to, if you're watching us on uh, the Baraxium YouTube channel, you can listen to us on any of these little things below. Like, oh, yeah. this is your, your Spotify you find thingy. Us. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what this one is. I can't reach over to your camera to be able to um, do show the rest. Um, yeah, actually, I'm not sure. YouTube and, and all these others. Yeah. Um, yes, you can find us on YouTube on the Broaxium channel. So yes. make sure to check us out there. Any last words on your end? 
No, just thank you everybody for listening. Um, we know that there's a lot of good Star Wars content out there, and we know that there's a lot of good news these days, and so we're sort of flooded with all that great stuff. But if for whatever reason you decide to stop by our show and um, and you enjoyed it, we just wanted to say thank you. We yes. really appreciate you checking us out, um, and we hope that you stick around for the next one. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I love you guys. <laughs> That's so cute. Um, I'm going to challenge you. Okay. You have to say, you're, it's your turn to wrap up, and uh-huh. you have to wrap up as if you are this guy. Ron Swanson? Yep. Try it. You have to say our, our, no. our wrap up, and you have to say it as Ron Swanson would say it. Um, and I'm glad that you recognized who that was. I, I, think, I think he would just do this. I think he would just go... That's it. That's the outro.